Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian physician and founder of Longevity, and I want to talk about dementias. There's at least a dozen different dementias. Doctors call all of them Alzheimer's disease because when you look at the payout list, Alzheimer's disease pays the most. So no matter which of the 12 dementias you have, they're going to call it Alzheimer's disease, and there's no law that says you can't have two or three or five or eight or all 12 of the dementias. And so you have to get rid of all the bad stuff. No fried foods, no processed meats, no oils, no gluten, no wheat, brown, no no sugar. And then I want you to take one healthy brain and heart pack per 100 pounds of body weight. That's one healthy brain and heart pack per 100 pounds of body weight. I want you to take the ultimate niacin plus one of those twice a day. Our de-stress capsules, three of those twice a day. That's two bottles a month. Then I want you to take the ultimate daily classic tablets, three of those twice a day per 100 pounds of body weight in case you have vascular dementia. And don't forget those three eggs twice a day because, remember, 75% of your brain weight is cholesterol. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome back to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks, Cal Hunter, and Todd Kunin. Cal Hunter's our producer. These are my co-hosts, uh, Todd and Denise. Having a great time. Uh, talked about R. Kelly in hour one. We're on hour two. We just love uh, having everybody and all our new affiliates. Uh, we've got multiple affiliates. We appreciate you being here. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234 if you want to call in. Or go to any of our – we've got Instagram, Twitter. Just type in Radio Law Talk and search us. You'll find us. Um, and then you can go to radiolawtalk.com. If at any time that uh, someone's like, you know, they're covering it and all of a sudden we get uh, preempted by something, you can go to radiolawtalk.com and listen live. There's a live button. And we're every single Saturday, 9 to noon, rain or shine, Pacific time. And of course, it's really easy to do it rain or shine since we broadcast indoors. But <coughs> if you really wanted to be impressed, we should be broadcasting outside. Well, the, think about the it. The rain, rain or shine. What if it's... We have broadcasted outside before. We were out of the fair, the yeah. Auburn. Um, yeah, some fair. Lester County Fair. That was about was. four years ago. Four years yeah. ago. Fred was suspiciously absent that yes. time. I recall it was just me. I was looking for days. a piece of berry pie. That's yes. why. You know was interesting? It was really <laughs> a bad. It was it was bad as in the the. Sound quality was really poor. I remember the sound quality was really poor. It yeah. was and it was hard to hear. Quite yeah. honestly, so we did it once, and that was about it. We've got a great studio. That was here. enough. Yeah, that was until enough. we get to go to Burning Man. That's our next stop. <sighs> ah, well, so, you know, based on when I look outside, I half convinced Burning Man has come to us. True, it's California. Gee. We're based out of California. We're talking about general topics of law. Seek local counsel. We're not giving legal advice. Uh, again, uh, this is an exciting and entertaining. Uh, yeah, this is very exciting and entertaining show. But remember, it's it's only sometimes informative. Don't, only if you, sometimes. Yeah, and if you want to listen to our quick our uh, our uh, what is the what's the disclaimers word? disclaimers yeah. disclaimers. Yeah, that's Cal. This is the go ahead. Do this is the disclaimers. This is the disclaimers music. No, seriously. So I couldn't sleep last night. Keep it going, Cal. I'm gonna tell a story. I couldn't sleep last night. And I am dead serious. This is not an exaggeration just to be on the radio. I was thinking of literally looking up on my phone because I was looking at stuff 
and reading the disclaimers. Reading the disclaimers. <laughs> because I couldn't sleep. That is on the door. And yeah, so don't read it during while you're driving because that's uh, worse than uh, doing anything. Actually, you know, don't don't read anything while you're driving. That's probably a good safety tip. Or listening while you're driving. <laughs> Uh, look, we're going to talk about uh, immigration policies of Biden. We're going to talk about Supreme Court weighing in on the uh, the eviction moratorium. That is a very interesting one we're going to talk about. And apparently it's, they, they're claiming, as they, it's like, who's they? The government is claiming mainly uh, that the eviction is going to be how many millions of people evicted? I don't know. They're, they're claiming there's going to be a, a lot, millions of people Yes, evicted. millions. Uh, and then we're going to talk about why a prosecutor – is uh, recusing himself from a double murder case. And then uh, we're going to talk about wrongful death lawsuits going against the prison system for, uh, you know, the prison guards dying of COVID. And there's uh, lawsuits going against that. I I don't – that's going to be a very interesting one to discuss. You know why? Because there's a thing called workers' comp. I thought that's under workers' comp. Then we're going to talk about a – we're going to talk about a prosecutor in South Dakota – um, that is taking a plea deal and why. That's and, an interesting story. Yeah, that's an interesting story that we'll get into. But the reason we're here, like I always say, Cal, for one reason, one reason only, and that is case or no case. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! And now, as promised, to Winooski, Vermont, a tony little town with about 8,000 people and a new mayor, Mayor Thad Beeman. And Mayor Beeman has a pet peeve, clotheslines. He occasionally saw a few of them on the poor side of Winovsky. He knew that electricity is expensive in Vermont, but he just didn't care. So one city council meeting after a sit-down with the town's lawyer, Ed Meyer, Mayor Beeman drafted up an ordinance prohibiting clotheslines in Winovsky. He presented it to the city council after he talked it over with the lawyer, and it passed. But three weeks later, the lawyer for the city, Ed Meyer, was fired as the Winooski city attorney quickly and without much discussion. It stunned the town and the city attorney who got fired. So lawyer Meyer went to his own counsel and said, why can they fire me so quickly? I didn't do anything wrong. I have a great record. In fact, they saved the city some money on a few legal actions. So what's the deal here? And the, uh, the uh, lawyer said, well, I don't know. They fired you for cause. He said, I want to sue the council for wrongful term. So my lawyer, do I have a case or no case? Todd Cunham, what do you think? Sound like he was clotheslined by the city. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Just sitting did you right clotheslined by the clotheslined city? Clotheslined by the city okay, there. Good. Yeah, that's good. I, got, oh. I see what you did there. Okay, so and, and they said he was fired for cause? Yes, sir. Well... You know, if they fire somebody for cause, then and they have and they tell them we're firing you for cause. The question that I have and that he might have a cause of action for is: Had the city established a progressive discipline policy in with their employees? If you're firing somebody for cause, then for due process rights and you know or whatever, the person's got to. Be able to say, all right, show me what I did for cause. I looked into that, too. They had an immediate for cause dismissal clause in his contract. Okay. But they still got to tell him what it is. That's true. They, you know, they can't just say, we're firing you for cause, but we're not going to tell you what it is. And so I'll say, yeah, this is a case. And uh, he wins some sort of settlement, like maybe a, a month supply of 
clothesline hooks <laughs> that are completely Close useless <laughs> now because of the ordinance he helped draft and pass. How it all like. comes back. There's some irony there. Denise Dirks, what say you? Case or no case? I think he was a fall guy. Because the mayor um, passed this ordinance or helped get this ordinance passed, which really makes absolutely no sense because people should be able to dry their clothes outside and not use electricity if that's what they choose. It's a gateway crime, Denise. It starts with drying your clothes outside. <laughs> Next thing you know, people are doing crack in the streets, okay? Yeah. you got to stop it somewhere. Yes. Or <laughs> some guy's stealing clothes off the clothesline. He just didn't like the look of it. He said it makes us look like a shanty town, and he did not like that. Which is his right to not like that. I digress. I interrupted you, Denise. I apologize. Okay. So, uh, Denise, you say what? No case. All right. Mr. Penny, what do you say about this? We have certain rules with case or no case. You cannot look up on the Internet to see whether or not this is the case. But but I but I Uh-oh. did look up on the Internet. Oh, man. Here we go. Uh, uh, Winus- Winooski, Vermont. And let me talk about Winooski a little bit, just so you know. It's a really quaint, nice little town. Yes. Cal's right. And yep. it's really beautiful. It's on the Winooski River. And did you know that uh, this city is the most densely populated municipality in the northern New England area? Mm. You know, that's north, that's Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont area. Fred Penny the with most... the Denise Dirks-like answer. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I just thought I'd let you get, give you a, a few things. Did and, you see uh, any clotheslines? I did, wasn't looking for clotheslines, but that's a really nice place, Vermont. Let's make sure that we get over there and, and get a radio station. Um, you know, I, I have no idea about this one. Absolutely no idea. So Todd said... Cal, Todd, you said it is... I said case and the fired lawyer wins something either at trial or by settlement. Okay, and then Denise, you said no case. I'm going with Todd. I think it's a case, and I'm going to go with the lawyer because I'm all for the lawyers. Whatever the lawyers can do, um, I'm good for them. So we're going to be back after this and find out about the Winooski, which is Winooski River, Vermont, case of the clothesline. When we come back, Cal. All right. If you stay tuned, we will have the matter. We will resolve the matter of the Winooski Clothesline Ordinance and the Clotheslined Lawyer coming up in just a little bit right here on Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned, if you would, please. We'll be back. Coming up right here, right after this. Announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 
Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182-800-238-9182-800-238-9182. Again, that's 800-238-9182. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg... I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road, quick, quick, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quick, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quick, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. That is Armadillo. Stop whining. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at radiolawtalk.com. Dot com. We're back at Radio Law Talk, and, and uh, it was kind of interesting, some of the things that we were talking about. And I wrote some very important notes that I wanted to talk about. And by the way, guess what? I have absolutely no idea where I wrote the notes down. So um, I know that uh, 
<laughs> Cal, I'm getting old. You know, I write notes so I can remember stuff, but then I don't remember where I wrote the notes down. Well, I do so, it. I can't read them. Yeah, I, I just so. But anyway, I guess, Todd, uh, you uh, left. Uh, I, I'm going to do it all wrong. So, Denise, you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you left the... So D- Denise, Denise's answer is essentially they hung him out to dry. right? The lawyer's all washed up. Yeah, the lawyer's all washed up. He was hung out to dry. I said he was clotheslined by the city. Well, playing on the uh, clothesline puns. You know what? You know what's interesting all about that stuff? It just doesn't. It doesn't have the same effect when we. we you mean about the replies? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. nothing. It was okay. just zero. <laughs> zero. All right, Cal, tell us about what happened in this case again. Review it again. Really okay, now, what did you say? I said I followed Todd. I'm okay, with Todd. You went with Todd. Okay, so let's go back to Winooski and see what's going on. Mr. Meyer was fired because immediately after the ordinance passed. A citizen called the mayor and said, Mayor, you are as dumb as a mud fence. Don't you know that there is a law in our state that prohibits the banning of clotheslines? You can't pass one in the city. It's against state law. Why doesn't your city attorney know that? And the mayor didn't like the city attorney that much anyway. So he took this allegation of incompetence, turned it against him. And, by the way, no case. Oh, Denise. That means I Was that something on. you made out or that something really happened? Well, it's kind of a scenario sort of a deal, but in a different town. I oh, just applied gotcha. it to Winooski. Yes. How did you find Winooski, Vermont? Did I just you? wanted to find an exclusive enclave that would be likely to ban something like clotheslines but, because they're all snooty and snobby. But you just kind of like looked up in the dictionary, Vermont, yeah, and then Winooski? Yeah, started looking around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. How would you find that town of all towns? Isn't that crazy? Is it Vermont? So p- people who know about that town, you can tell them they became famous because of Radio Law Talk. Yeah. So that's uh, we should get a radio station right there, and we can go in and just we can just uh, mm-hmm. go crazy for Winooski. That's exactly right. It's a beautiful town, by the way. Yeah. Good job, Cal, Thank in stumping you. us. That's radio luck. The rule is never go with Cal, never go with Todd or Fred. That's the rule, and I didn't follow it. Always follow Denise. That's Next hour to Sacramento, California, Woo. and the Bibba Restaurant. Bibba. Next hour. B-I-B-B-A. Yeah. Yeah. Next hour. On radio okay, we're going to have to try it out. Look, um, there's a lot going on in this country right now, and it's, you know, we all hope and pray for the country, what's best, and it's just things are uh, interesting. I always say, uh, you know, as I mentioned to my wife, it's interesting, huh, Denise? We, all you have to say is interesting. <laughs> it's just, uh, what else do you say? What's all the things that are happening right now? But one of the issues is, is uh, you know, the immigration policy. Obviously, when Biden came in, and we do not get political, but this is a legal issue, um, is uh, Trump and Biden have two completely different beliefs in the immigration policies. Trump believes, basically, as people are claiming asylum from Mexico, that um, you stay in Mexico while we review and determine whether or not you're allowed to come over for, you know, purposes of, uh, you know, I guess there's a there's a list of reasons why you're allowed to um, um, uh, um, claim that you're, asylum, medical, yeah, right, right. any any reasons yeah. to come over. Well, what, under the Trump administration, the law was passed that basically you had to stay in Mexico while we reviewed, reviewed this. And Biden changed it and said, no, we want you can come to the United States and we'll keep you in the United States while we review to see whether or not it's a legitimate uh, uh, request for asylum. 
And so the Supreme Court came out and just uh, uh, came out to – it was a 6-3. Is that right? It was 6-3 um, that the – upheld the Trump administration's uh, rules about uh, people have to stay in Mexico while – uh, seeking asylum, and they review their asylum, I guess, paperwork. So here's here's the interesting thing. This all occurred in Texas, right? And and um, uh, it, it's a case out of Texas, and a lower court held that the Trump administration's uh, current immigration policy uh, is to stand, right? And then that's when the appeal went up. Yes, and, and they did it based upon a ruling um, under President Barack Obama. And President Barack Obama, he made a ruling, and then when Trump, President Trump tried to um, kind of overturn that and change that policy ruling, um, the, the Supreme Court said, no, you have to have a very well-stated um, reason why you're doing it. And um, and Biden did not do that when he tried to overrule this policy. Um, it was called the MM, the MPP program, the Migrant Protection Protocols. And so now what everybody is telling Biden is you can do it again, but you got to have a stated reason. And you don't didn't they say the courts held that you had to go through? Is this the one? Maybe I'm wrong. The Dreamers. Yeah, yes. yeah. But you have do you have to go through the 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 Proper Congress, procedure. which is the Congress to get this? No, maybe no, I'm thinking something else. But but here's the point on this issue is um, they left it open, and I'm going to look for exactly the the the, uh, the words on that. Yes, they left it so the program is in quote good faith. Uh, is what the Biden administration needs to implement this in good faith, basically that leaves some discretion as they move forward to what the government's going to do. And I know that they've said basically they're going to look at the – they're going to probably try to find some loopholes of what that means um, um, uh, of good faith uh, attempt by the government. Go ahead, Todd. Just the buzzwords that the court used, and this is important because this refers to the standard or, or when a court – might be likely to overturn something is there's the executive power that the uh, president holds, but he cannot, any president cannot use it in what's called an arbitrary and capricious manner. And there were certain things that the court believed that the Biden administration did not take into consideration. For example, the undue effect it had on Texas to over to open the borders and have folks come in. And because of that, it seemed arbitrary and capricious without dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. Awesome. We're going to come back and talk about uh, the eviction moratorium of people in their homes or apartments. And that is a very interesting one when we come back. So as Fred said, there's much more stuff coming up on Radio Law Talk here, and you won't want to miss any of it because it all relates to you and your everyday life on Radio Law Talk. We'll be back. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, 
Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. 82. Boys are weird. How did that happen? Oh, no. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. You know, we're just talking about the asylum seekers, about the United States, and talk, you know, we talk about this uh, during the break, and we, we have no problem talking uh, to our listeners about what we say during the break, but you're right, Todd, it was kind of more, it really isn't a Trump issue, it's more of a Biden issue, right? I mean, let's just... Yeah, yeah and, how do you, I mean, th- this, this whole thing, it was a... Biden did something, and the court said, you can't do that, so... It, and it might have they might have used a similar rationale that they've used with previous previous presidents. My guess is it wasn't the first time it was used was with Trump. It probably happened in the past, but it's a Biden issue, and he instituted something under executive order as an executive order, and the court came back and said, "Yeah, that was arbitrary and capricious. You got to show a little bit more." So right, right. So I had really had nothing to do with Trump. And I and I bet well, it, it did. Just... It was a Trump era policy. Right, right. And Biden did not take the correct measures or had the right intentions right. when he did not honor the policy. So it's right. like the, a new president coming in can't just decide not to do something yeah, if it's be, already yeah. established policy. Well, yeah, it's not unless it's not arbitrary and capricious, which is what the court was saying. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the big issue here is I've always kind of wondered, but I, I, I don't I'm not a I'm not a big apartment complex guy. I know people who own apartment complexes, um, you know, or uh, homes that rent them out to people. But apparently there, you know, there's been I know there's been a since COVID a moratorium on um, whether or not you can kick someone out if they're not paying their rent. My general understanding, this is general and this is not a legal issue, I'm saying is the government will cover, I believe, in a lot of places, up to 80% of the rent. Let's say a person has a $1,000 a month rent. The government will cover up to, let's like, say, $800 of that rent if they're not paying rent during the COVID time period. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a federally funded um, pot, if you will, to, to help out. A grant. A grant of $5 billion. As of, um, I don't know, as of this week, only 11% of that has been dispersed. And wow. so, um, yeah, not not a whole lot of it has been dispersed, but it is there. 
to be used for helping to pay rent. And, and, you know, it's pitched as this is something to help folks stay in their home. This this is pitched to it, this is something that will help the renters stay in their home. But this, it's, this is systemic that also helps the homeowner, these, these individuals that buy a home and, and their mortgage payments haven't stopped. Meanwhile, they still the have landlord. To, they, they, the, yeah. the land, that's what I'm talking about, the yeah. landlord, the the. Somebody purchased an investment property, and they're renting it out to somebody. They still have to make their mortgage payments and what have you. And this fund, if used properly, should provide a relief for both of them. The tenant pays the rent, and then the landlord who has this is able to take the rent payment and make their mortgage payment. That hasn't really been happening. No, there's $46.5 billion designated for that purpose, but the infrastructure to distribute that money is not there. And they've only um, distributed 11% of the money, which is about $5 billion. So the landlord takes a haircut, right? The tenant gets to stay. The landlord doesn't get the money to make his payments, and the government dawdles away, which usually can mean, and you know this, you've seen this before, is they take that money and say, oops, we don't have any way to hand it out. I guess we'll have to put it over in another budget. And that does happen. Yeah, I wonder if what's going on, and not just that, I'm wondering about the landowners. Let's assume it does get doled out to them. The process to get the money is probably arduous at at. At best, right? I would uh, think so. It's yeah. not just like, hey, oh, these guys didn't pay the rent. Oh, here's your check. I'd probably have to go through paperwork, fill it out. And so the question is, how long does this have to continue? And the Supreme Court says no more. And um, that's what they're saying. That roughly, who's I don't know who's saying this, the government of the United States. Or, I don't even know who's the 3.5 million. I don't remember who is the person that's saying it's about 3.5 million. Well, the president people. asked the Centers for Disease Control to issue an order saying that the rent moratorium would, uh, the eviction moratorium would continue. And the Supreme Court said, you don't have the authority. You can't do that. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's a bottom line. But previously, what makes this interesting is that Brett, there was another case uh, challenging the uh, moratorium. And because it was going to expire so soon after the Supreme Court took it up, they just let it expire on its own. And they, and Brett Kavanaugh actually voted with the liberals to let it stand and just expire in July of this year. And so the CDC thought, oh, we can get that too. So they made another moratorium, made it very small how long it was going to last. October 3rd, it was supposed to expire thinking we're going to get through it again because yeah. it happened before. The CDC, that's the, that's the yes. key word. Go ahead, Todd. That's yeah, the key and, word and, we're going to talk the, about that. The, the case that uh, Denise is talking about, the court made that decision in, in like June of this year where they said, are, are we going to – is the moratorium – is it constitutional or not? And they looked at it and said, well, it's going to end on its own accord in July. So, yeah, it's not constitutional, but we're not going to do anything about it because it's going to end on its own come – you know, And this is going to become in, moot. In, in 30 days. Now, here is, here is probably why some of the justices says, no, we should end it right now. Because it appears that – the executive branch looked at that and said, well, if they're going to let it go until July, now we have until then to try to disperse that money. And if we can get the CDC to go ahead and issue another moratorium, we already know that it's going to die. We already know that the court's going to strike this down. However, it takes a while for the paperwork to be filed and the appeal to be filed, and you got to get it up to the Supreme Court. So maybe we bought ourselves another 30 to 45 days under the CDC's Act before the Supreme Court shuts it down. 
And and it's just a, it was an attempt to continue to try to disperse this money. And I don't know if that strategy would have been doable if they just shut it down, even though it only had 30 days left back in June. Well, here's the thing that that bothers me. And this is what bothers me, and I'm glad the Supreme Court came out with it. I don't care what side of the liberal or Democrat, uh, liberal or, or conservative you're on. The CDC is not the, and this is what irritates me about this whole thing. They're not the law, and they do not make our laws, nor do they make decisions. They can they can make a decision, but it's our Congress that makes the decision as to how to apply it. So the CDC could say this is the issue, but it's not for the CDC to implement. And that's exactly what the court said here. And I'll quote the court. If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. In essence, no, the CDC can't authorize it. And that's what's going, in essence, here and, with the CDC. And that's right? so true because yeah. the CDC is not our legislative body, nor are they part of the judicial body. So it doesn't make law. Or executive. It, it yeah, could yeah. set policy, but it doesn't make law. That's right. And, and th- I think this is something important for people to remember, to recognize, because this decision is being played out, is being reported as if the Supreme Court shut this down. They, their primary function was to come in and it makes the Supreme Court sound political. Uh, we didn't like this, so we shut it down and we're not going to. No, oftentimes, and, and I think that's what's going on here, the Supreme Court steps in almost like a parent. To say, no, no, your chores are this, your chores are that, you don't do this person's work, you don't do that person's work, and they're, they're reminding everybody where the lines are in terms of responsibility. The executive branch doesn't make law. The judicial branch doesn't make law. If you want a law, the legislative branch has to do it. And, and they, they're often called upon to step in and say, folks – Everybody's trying to do everybody else's job. You got to knock this off, right? The executive branch can't do this. It's a legislative branch issue, and and go ahead and put the task where it belongs. The number of times the court's been called upon to do that, I, I've lost count. It's like almost in most cases that come up from Every the government. Year. Yeah, and uh, and but. People gloss over that and they think, oh, this is just the judicial branch trying to make law. No, they're trying to delineate what the law is, right. what the responsibilities are. And here's the interesting thing. I, I think uh, what you brought it up, Todd, is really the Biden administration was basically using this, it sounds like, to buy a few extra weeks to get it distributed. Yeah. And this is what's crazy. And this is where I, I think you're all conservative and Democrat, I mean, Democrat, Republican, agree that it's like a the government is slow. <laughs> And the fact that they have not pushed this and got this money out um, and the officials from the Biden administration are now saying move more aggressively in distributing this rental uh, uh, money because really it doesn't matter if they're going to be evicted if the, the people go, oh, I've got the money now to pay you, right? And so if the government's sending the money out, then there's no eviction issue, right? So I think that's what they're, it, it, the Supreme Court rightly said. You better get on, get your act together, government, or people are going to be evicted. And yeah. that's what's going on here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, why a prosecutor is recusing himself over a case. We'll be back after this. Wow. Interesting stuff coming up right here on Radio Law Talk. And remember, you can listen free anytime at RadioLawTalk.com every Saturday, 9 to noon Pacific time. So tune in there and remember, there is no charge for that service. We provide it to you because we like it. We'll be back. 
Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-738-0170 Orangutans They're beautiful, playful and majestic and disappearing Every day as many as 20 orangutans vanish They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. First, they said cigarettes were safe. We know how that turned out. Now, they say they didn't market e-cigarettes to teens. Fact. 
More than one in four high school students are vaping, and 80% say their first e-cigarette was flavored. Vaping is harmful to developing brains. The reason we think vaping is safe? Marketing. Same lies, different day. Tell Big Vape to quit lying. This is the best show ever. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. Remember, if you want to call in, you call in at uh, 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234 or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. You can talk to us uh, via Twitter or Instagram. In fact, you just tweeted something out. Isn't that right, Denise? I did last night. Yeah, you're, you're I such figured a good it out tweeter. again. I you're, got a new phone and I had to change all my settings to do all this stuff. You're a tweeter. <laughs> I want Todd. I want you to talk about this next case. This is very interesting. There's a double murder, uh, and a prosecutor is recusing himself. But tell me, let, let's lay this out: the facts of what happened uh, with this young man and the issues going forward. Uh, before we even get into whether why this solicitor has recused himself, and by the way, has recused himself on other cases too. Yeah, so the 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 individual is the 14th Circuit Solicitor Duffy Stone. Uh, they call them different, the prosecutors, they call them different things in different states. In this jurisdiction, South Carolina, they call them the uh, solicitor. In some, it, when I was in Tennessee, it was called the district attorney general. In California, we call them deputy or district attorneys. It's just the elected official, the person that's responsible for prosecuting crimes on behalf of the people in a certain jurisdiction. And this individual, Duffy Stone, in South Carolina, there was a double shooting a couple of months ago. And Paul, let's see, Paul and Maggie Murdaugh are the two victims. It's a mother and a son. The father came home from visiting his ill father and came home to find his wife and son shot to death on his property in South Carolina. Right now, they don't have any, uh, they haven't named any suspects. If they have any persons of interest or anything like that, they haven't named those. It's only a couple of months in trying to solve this. Well, this solicitor, essentially the district attorney, the prosecutor, prosecutors don't typically get involved in investigation. They use what was investigated and then go forward with the prosecution. But investigators will run things by the prosecution for getting warrants. And the prosecutor obviously wants to keep tabs on the status of the case because it's a big case. And uh, recently, like within the last week, this solicitor has recused himself from any further participation in this case. I mean, it's, it's not even to his office yet to prosecute, but he has recused himself going forward from having any participation um, in this case. And the big question is, he's citing a conflict of interest, but the question is, what is that conflict of interest? Now, folks locally are reading the tea leaves. They've got a couple of things. For example, the, the young man who was killed had volunteered at the solicitor's office, had worked there, and the family of the deceased for, was it like two or three prior um, terms? Members of that family had occupied the same position that Stone now occupies as the solicitor for that jurisdiction. And they knew each other. They were friends and stuff. And so um, if there's anything more than that, uh, we don't know. We, We know that Essentially, it doesn't appear that the family had been given or members of the family had been given any breaks 
because of that knowledge, because I believe it was this young man, Paul, who was the, the son who was killed, he had been, um, he had been previously was, uh, prosecution was pending against him for his involvement in, I believe, a boating accident right. that resulted in the death of somebody. And so it's not like it appears that the prosecution was looking the other way as it was because of the relationship, but this prosecutor is now out of it. And I, I think that raises a couple of questions. First, if he specifically has recused himself, we saw this kind of in the Jesse Smollett case. If the prosecutor recuses themselves, does that recuse the whole office? In the state of Illinois, if the prosecutor recuses herself, which happened in that case, the correct protocol was for the court to appoint another prosecutor to come in and review whether charges should be filed. She follow that. I don't know what the issue is in South Carolina. It's just that the top guy is saying, I'm not in uh, anymore. And I'll tell you, I like his decision, even though I don't know why he did it. Well, back in when the boat case was going on, when the, the now victim was being prosecuted for a boat, um, some drowning and a crash with a boat, he recused himself. So he previously had recused himself. But then in June, he said, I have no reason to step aside. I'm staying in. So something recently happened to change his mind. Maybe somebody reminded him, hey, you recused yourself before because you have connections to this family. Or maybe something has come fruitful um, as to the two murder victims, and maybe he had to recuse himself for another reason. Could be. I'll tell you why I like this decision, even though I have no idea what the basis of the recusal is. Because as a prosecutor, one of the things, and I, boy, I've said this so many times in, in recent months on this show, recent episodes, um, as a prosecutor, you not only want the conviction, but you want to preserve the integrity of the conviction. And it's not just about winning at trial. It's about winning at trial in such a way that the conviction will survive appeal. And if this individual even thinks he's got a remote conflict of interest that would call his impartiality into question about whatever is coming down, I think it's the right thing to do for him to step down and to have somebody that doesn't have any either conflict or the appearance of a conflict come in and handle this case so that if a perpetrator is ultimately apprehended and prosecuted, they can't come back and say, well, you were biased because you knew the family and the kid worked for you and you did all of this. I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, and he sent a letter to the attorney general and asked the attorney general to step in. So it looks like that might be the appropriate mechanism when he uh, recuses himself, then he lets the attorney general know, and then the attorney general will handle it. Exactly. It, instances where instances where a prosecutor was overzealous and it came back to bite them, Bill Cosby, yes. right? Exactly. They wanted all this kind of stuff, and they went at trial, and the court comes back mm -hmm. and says, yeah, you, you submitted too much evidence. You had a conflict of interest, all this stuff. Yeah, you might have won there, but the, the prosecution's not going to uh, the, the conviction's not going to stand on appeal. And now what do you have? You have a victim, right, wrong, or otherwise, who's sitting there saying, this case has been dismissed. The court ordered that there's no other retrial. What do I do to have, uh, you know, my grievances redressed? He is now, Cosby's now out of prison and all of that because you had a prosecutor who probably could have mounted a, a compelling case 
even without the evidence they sought to get. Well, that wasn't the reason. The reason that it got overturned and why Cosby was released was because of the previous DA making an agreement not to prosecute. They also had the they also had the issue with the cumulative evidence. Right. Yes, that's that came true. Up and 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 they sought. To, we want five people instead of three people to testify to all this. All of that went in, and, and quite frankly, but the prosecutor it, was bound by the previous. Um, DA's so decision. So it was both. And and that's why the prosecute uh, in Cosby, it was prosecutorial Prosecutor. misconduct. Right. Yes. All three of us agree. To that. Yeah. yeah. All three of us agree yeah. that that case, whether you're on the Me Too movement or whatever, Absolutely. it is that all three of us believe that yep. should have been overturned and he should get out of jail, it's not for what he did or didn't do, but for the improper way that the prosecutor or the way that they prosecute this case. We, we, we pegged it, didn't we? Yeah. We pegged this from day one. This, this is not right what you're doing. And we believe in the freedoms of the Constitution. And, and right or wrong, we want things done right when people are being prosecuted. Because you know what? Never know when you're on that side, right? That's right. And, and, and we appreciated that. So um, we're, we're going to get into when we come back. You know, we've got, we've, got, we've got a little bit of time, but I don't want to get into the San Quentin COVID issue. San Quentin, by the way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out, is a prison out of California. It's a very famous prison because it's a lot of the, the uh, I'm going to say a lot of the hardened criminals are at San Quentin. And um, the, uh, there's a, a number of individuals. They had a COVID outbreak, and there's uh, an individual who was a uh, apparently an upstanding, very senior um, worker there as a prison guard that went in to help and said, look, nobody's people are showing up saying they're sick, not showing up because they don't want to get COVID. And I, I get that. But he went to help and was, I'm going to say, kind of a hero, and he gets COVID and dies. Now, the question is, can they sue the employer, which is San Quentin, or the government over his death. And I'm going to bring up a little bit of my, as a personal injury lawyer, I'm not a workers' comp lawyer, some very interesting issues with that when we come back, okay? And then after that, we're going to probably get into a little more. We've got a, a ABC's, raw, uh, you know, sexual assault a- a- accusations. Again, uh, we'll be back after this. Speaking of San Quentin, you know, they let all of the death row prisoners out, move them to other places. That's where death row is. Because of fear they would catch COVID. Ironically, a guard catches it and passes. So quite a story there. And more of that coming up next hour on Radio Law Talk at six minutes after. Whether on your favorite radio station or whether you click over to the app, radiolawtalk.com, and click the Listen Live button. We'll be there until noon Pacific time. We hope you will, too. Stay tuned. been listening to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of radio law talk incorporated some people say the usa is finished it's evil a has been Full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition, and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. 
other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council.